Tressa. And we are... (laughs) I'm used to being able to pause after my name. Nope. (laughs) None of that. Take two. Okay. (laughs) Hi, I'm Taylor. I'm Tressa. And And we we are are not amused. Today, we will be talking about Harry Potter 20th Anniversary Return to Hogwarts film. (laughs) That came out. Cool. This year. <laughs> what platform did we even watch that on? HBO? Was it HBO? I think it was HBO, I don't know, something. HBO Max? Yeah, HBO. HBO Go? <laughs> HBO, the it, streaming service. It was an HBO feature, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, cool. That's what we'll be talking about. Cool. Also, we're back. Happy 2022. Ooh. <laughs> Man, 2022. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here we go. It'll be a great year. So that means that the first Harry Potter movie came out in 2002? 2001? See, I don't know when they recorded it. Like, when yeah. they filmed it. I would think that they had would film it, like, in anticipation of the 20th anniversary. And right. Not, like, the day of, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, I'm, there we go. I couldn't think of what the first one was called for a second. Uh, It does have two names, so. Right, 2001. Mm -hmm. Is when it came out. Mm. That's nuts, 20 years, I can't. Yeah, November of 2001, so, you know, that makes sense that they did it right at the first of the year. Oh, okay. Of this year. Is that, that, the documentary just came out, right? I'm pretty sure it aired on New Year's Day. Okay. So, alrighty, yeah, mm. all right. I'm excited to talk about it, but first, the first tea. tea. Okay, do you want to go first? Sure. Okay, okay. I'm drinking a David's tea. It's their dark chocolate orange, and their description's kind of cute. It starts with "Oops, we may have created a classic <laughs> by combining delectable dark chocolate ganache." With a heavy-handed addition of fresh orange juice and zest, this black tea tastes even better than the chocolate orange Dad always gives you. It's a smashing combo. <laughs> I actually, like, was that kid uh, whose mom got us chocolate oranges every year. Mm-hmm. That was a thing. The Terry's oranges. And, of course, Terry is my mom's name, spelled just like the Terry's orange Oh yeah, brand. So we always had one in our stocking. They were my favorite. So good. I remember the first year I got a dark chocolate one. I was like so excited. It was it was like level up. I was like the regular one is already so good. Right. And this is just next level. I will say this smells delicious and it smells like one of those. So I'm very excited. Good. Yeah. What are you having? I'm having um it's a another chocolate tea. I haven't had it before. <laughs> um my stepmom gave me like a little baggy of them it's one she's had that she says she doesn't mind so she thought maybe i like it hmm. um the little tag just says harney and sons so i guess that's yeah the brand yeah uh-huh thank you i was blanking on that word <laughs> huh so your stepmom doesn't mind the tea yeah that doesn't seem like a very good endorsement i don't mind it here well based off of you know my reviews of other chocolate teas in the past where i'm like it's horrible yeah i didn't realize we were both technically having a chocolate tea i didn't think about that okay well, there you go we'll, we'll see have to see all right so 20th anniversary <sighs> first of all <laughs> first of all first of all 20 years uh just makes me feel ridiculous it's fine <laughs> So, were you one of those kids that read the books? We've we've probably talked about this. You read the books before the movies? I read the books up to the fifth one, uh-huh. and then I kind of fell off it for a long time. And then it wasn't until I was, like, a young adult that I got back into them. Mm-hmm. But the movies were already a thing. Like, when you got back into them or when yeah. you started oh, yeah, reading yeah. the books? Yeah, the movies were already a thing when I got back into them. Uh, I don't honestly remember how old I was when I read the first one, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I read the movie. Read the movie. <laughs> I think I read the book before I saw the first movie. Okay, 
So. Cool. Well, I was the opposite. Yeah. So. Because I had not read them. And then I saw the first movie and I was like, that was sick. So. (laughs) Then I read the book. So then did you start reading the books before you saw the movies? Or did you continue to watch the movies first? Uh, It depended. Hmm. Honestly. I I don't really recall. Mm -hmm. Um, The only books I can say for certain that I read before the movies came out was Mm -hmm. the sixth and seventh. Because I went to the actual, like, Barnes and Noble or Borders. No, it wasn't even. Yeah. Borders, Borders. which doesn't exist anymore. Shit. (laughs) Went to the, like, midnight, you know premiere of Mm -hmm. the book where you stood in line and got your copy gotcha yeah so that obviously those happened before the movies came out right Right. so that those are the only ones i can say for certain i read beforehand yeah it's weird to think though like nowadays like people can give a kid all seven books like Mm -hmm. they all exist whereas when we were growing up we were reading them as they were coming out mm-hmm. and like discovering like we didn't know nobody knew the end of the story you know when we were when we first started reading the books it's kind of crazy it's like now it's a full it's like a staple now mm-hmm. so it just makes me feel old <laughs> <laughs> so we were what eight when yeah the first we movie been eight. came out mm-hmm. 2001 and I remember specifically being eight in 2001 because 9-11, so. Oh, right. It's definitely eight years old. Can't forget that. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously I remember 9-11 and I remember some things, like, personally going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't, you know, being eight does not mm-hmm. <laughs> stick out in my mind for that, so. I actually, did you see it in the theater, the first movie? um i honestly don't remember i i did not i know for sure i did not because i remember my uncle had like a copy of the movie that Mm. he gave us and so that's how i saw it for the first time was just in my house yeah which i think about it now and i'm like it's kind of a shame because it's one of those it's a beautiful movie and it's such a spectacle Mm-hmm. And, like, I just saw it on, like, our little TV screen, you mm-hmm. know, for the first time on a VHS tape. But, yeah. I mean, my memory is, like, so scary bad that oh, me too. I can't remember anything ever. It's, like, a little concerning. <laughs> oh, I'm exactly the same way. So. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Childhood? I don't know. I had one. I, I was there, <laughs> I think. Pretty sure I was. Did you have any expectations going into this? Um, I expected to cry. But you didn't. But I didn't. Thanks to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was like a part near the end when the um, actor who plays Hagrid, I can't think of what his name is, but... And Robbie Coltrane. Yeah. He was like, you know, it's just, this will be around for like 50 years and people will be sitting down with their kids and I won't be around. But Hagrid always will be. <laughs> and then I started crying. Tris is like, oh, no. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, well, that just took me right out of it. So. Did I take away your cathartic cry? I'm so it's sorry. <laughs> that was a really mean thing of him to say, though. I was like, sir, don't put that out there. I don't want to think about that. It's hard to figure out where to even start. I guess just from the beginning. That would make the most sense, wouldn't it? I will say I had... Oh, yeah. Did you have expectations? <laughs> Whenever I ask you, it's I was having an ulterior motive, clearly. Yeah. No, but I, I went into it thinking it would be more like a sit-down, like, panel mm. kind of thing. Like, a reunion where just everyone was, like, in a big room. Gotcha. Did you watch the trailer? Talking. Uh-uh. I saw, like, ads on social media and people who, like, shared articles and stuff about it, but I never watched a trailer for it. So I had no idea going into it, so there was a lot about it that surprised me, which we can talk about. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I definitely thought it was going to be more like an informal, like, sit down, let's talk Mm -hmm. about this, but it was like a documentary. Yeah, yeah, I I saw the trailer for it, so I kind of knew. Okay. That they'd be, like, on the sets and stuff like that. Yeah. Which was so cool. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
So yeah, best place to start the beginning. The beginning. Mm-hmm. So they showed Emma Watson. Um, I don't know anyone's name. Neville Longbottom. <laughs> I don't know his. Ooh, Lewis. This is his last name. Matt. Matthew Lewis. Matthew Lucas. Is it Lewis? Lewis. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Neville. Neville Longbottom. <laughs> And then Hagrid. So Hermione, Hagrid, Neville. They're all not their characters. They were just the real people out and about doing their own thing. And they all got letters, like, from Hogwarts. And it was addressed to, like, Emma Watson in, like, the bookshop or whatever. That was so cute. Yeah. Stuff like that. So inviting them to the reunion. And then you kind of follow Emma a little more. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, Shocker. back platform nine and three quarters and then she enters into the great hall and sees um draco tom felton thank you mm-hmm. and their reunion was cute it's like weird to see them like so excited to see each other when mm-hmm. you're used to seeing them as hermione and draco <laughs> yeah and apparently they were really good friends yeah um i had heard that she had a crush on him mm-hmm. like i knew that and that was confirmed yeah she confirmed it yeah (laughs) okay so when she walked into the great hall set and Mm -hmm. there were like dancers and stuff i was Mm -hmm. like oh it's gonna be like a a cocktail party kind of get together where they all sit down and talk interesting like Mm -hmm. on the set i was like how cool still completely changed direction (laughs) i was like okay we're not going for like a group thing okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, they did, like, that intro with people, and they did, like, an opening credits with all of the characters and actors and, like, their houses. Mm-hmm. But then it was kind of, like, one-on-one interviews, mm-hmm. and then a mix of different actors, like, mingling. So there was, you know, the scene with the guy who played Dean Thomas and the Neville and Draco, and they were all, in like, green, in green, green goss. Yeah. And then... Um, well, they had Tom Felton and, um, Helena Bonham Carter at one point. They had, like, pairings that made sense, Mm -hmm. or groups that made sense. Yeah, but they never did, and maybe he wasn't there, but they never did, like, Tom and his dad. Oh, right, right. Maybe they can only get him for the one, like, sit-down interview. Mm -hmm. Um, the biggest one was, like, Daniel Radcliffe jumped between a few people. Yeah. He, like, talked to the director of the first two movies, and then Helena, mm-hmm. and then... Obviously, he was um, with... Gary Oldman, Sirius oh, right. Black. Right. And then he was with Hermione and yeah. Ron. Yeah. Of course, that was a huge part Oh, of and it. then there was just Emma and Rupert. Just the oh, two yeah, of them. yeah, yeah. That's right. So. That's right. Um, One of the things I really liked about this was that they... I really felt like they gave the first two films their due. Yeah. Because I, there are a lot of people, a lot of haters for the first two movies. Um, cause they like the darker tone and like, I get that because there is a tone shift in the books too, where it just mm-hmm. becomes a lot more serious all of a sudden cause they're growing up and shit's getting serious. It becomes a lot more serious when serious is involved. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I get that, but, like, people really don't like them. I think a lot of people have a hard time with um, child actors. Maybe. And movies based around them. Like, when you're not a child yourself, you know? Yeah, I suppose I grew up with them. Yeah. And, like I said, the first movie to me, even though it's not, is, like, canon in my head for how that first part of the story goes because right. in my head that is how it went right so the book is actually secondary mm. which is really backwards i know but i can't help it it was kind of right. just smashed into my brain as a child so mm-hmm. that's where it stays so i love those first two movies i think they're beautifully done and really magical and the music is fantastic and I mean, obviously, like, those kids are really talented. Like, you can tell everybody's having a good time. Yeah. Um, And I just don't feel like they get their due. And I felt like they spent, actually, a lot of time with that director 
Mm -hmm. And they showed a lot of behind the scenes of the kids having fun Mm -hmm. and talking about how good he was with the kids. Mm -hmm. And Daniel Radcliffe was like, even said himself, like, um, something about how that director deserves so much more credit for how he started the series. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my god. He said it to the director. He said it to him. Yeah. Right. And I was like, yes, thank you. Like he like just validated all these years of like me trying to argue for those two movies and why they're so good. So I felt really good about that. (laughs) Real good. (laughs) They didn't get into why he left though. No, he just said he did. He just said he did, and he felt bad, Mm -hmm. but he still left. And I'm like, huh? Did he leave to like direct something else? You know. What? What was the deal, I wonder? I don't know. Maybe he thought, like, me doing two films is enough. And someone else should come on and have a chance to, like, have this experience. I don't know. Mm, That might be giving him more credit than... Right. I wonder if he was just like, oh, I got this other cool project I'm gonna go do. Right. (laughs) Sorry, kids. He did say he felt guilty about leaving. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, how could he not? I mean, he picked those kids... Yeah. To be those parts. Yeah. I definitely, I think I said this when we were watching, but I thought, I thought it was like all of their first. Mm, like acting jobs. Acting jobs, yeah. Right. But Daniel was in something before. Yeah, what was that clip? They showed him in it. Whatever it was, and he was just so tiny. I know. <laughs> I don't remember what they said it was. Um, But yeah, he was like, I wonder how old he was in that wall but they said they saw him in that and they were like that's harry and apparently his parents like didn't want him to do it what a plot twist yeah Hmm. which makes me think maybe other people had like seen him and thought he would be really good as harry but they already knew like they maybe they had approached his parents about it and his parents had said no because like how would they have already known that his parents didn't want him to be a part of it unless Mm -hmm they'd already thought about having him come audition as harry potter yeah they probably saw the clip and immediately contacted whoever mm-hmm. so but somehow they got him they said i just don't remember yeah somehow they got his dad to agree but for emma watson and rupert grant it was like an open call right open call audition they just showed up with a bunch of other kids and it got whittled down to them Mm-hmm. And then confirmed when they, like, screen tested all three of them together. They were like, yeah. this is it. This is, like, the energy of this friend group that we want. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. There was a part <laughs> that Tom Felton was t- saying about when he was, you know, auditioning for Draco. And um, I guess they were acting like they were done auditioning the kids, you know, to just kind of get them in their natural habitat. Mm. But they left the boom mic over them. Oh, yeah. And he said, there was this little girl sitting next to me. Like, I saw the boom mic. I knew we were still being, you know, watched or whatever. And there was this girl next to me who was like, what is that? And he was like, it's a mic, duh. And it was Emma who asked him. And it was just like, that must have sealed it for him right there when he was acting like that. Oh, he can be an asshole. Yeah. Cool. Perfect Draco right there. He must be our Draco. (laughs) So I thought that was funny. That was good. Oh, gosh. So, what else about the first film? Oh, oh, um, one of the things that surprised me was the uh, candles in the Great Hall. Oh, right. That blew my mind. They were all real. Yeah. Just on fish wire or whatever they call that. I don't Mm -hmm. remember. Yeah. Fish wire. Yeah. Or string or something. I was like, man, like, nowadays, that would 100% be CGI. Oh, yeah. So... That was just really cool. I mm-hmm. thought I was like, well, I'm going to have to go back and really pay attention in that scene next time I watch that movie. <laughs> so good. Mm. So I wonder if they had some kind of mechanism that was constantly moving since the candles float up and down. So if they had something oh. that was like pulling the wires or did they just have like a ton of people up there being like, whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> one person every candlestick. <laughs> I don't know. Surely it wasn't that, but. They could have been on some sort of, like, grate, you know? Yeah. Or gr- grid. Mm-hmm. Like, and they just, like, moved the grid. 
Yeah. I don't know. That was cool, though. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was interesting the more they talked about the kids, like, the three main characters. Oh, yeah. I was just going to bring this up. If you're going to say. how much they were like their characters. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. How much they were their characters. Yes. Especially like Ron. Yeah. Rupert. That one stuck out the most to me. Oh. Well, the thing about him not doing the assignment. No. The thing about him having. What do you say? He oh, had like, like seven... seven siblings and a redheaded sister and lived in a borough. Lived in a borough. So literally Ron. Yeah. Weasley. Except. Yeah. Nuts. There's seven Weasley kids, so I guess there was one more. Unless he was including himself when he was, like, counting it. Whatever. A lot of brothers and sisters. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah. That's, that was really a strange coincidence. Yeah. But then when he talked about, I think it was the third movie or the fourth movie. It was the third because it was the movie, second Alfonso. director. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, they were all supposed to do this assignment where they wrote down, like, an essay as their character. Yeah. And he was like, okay, Rupert, where's your essay? And he was like, I didn't do it. <laughs> and the director was like, what? Why? And he was like, well, you know, Ron wouldn't, so. <laughs> yeah, the only way that could have been more accurate is if he had had Emma do it for him. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, what did they say? Emma submitted, like, a 12-page thing? Or was that Dan? No, I think it was Emma submitted a 12-page, like, beautifully written uh-huh. one. And then Daniel Radcliffe did, I think he, I don't know. I was, I think we were talking during that part, but I feel like he said something about, like, 500 words. And then he was like, but, you know, J.K. Rowling's written this out a lot better than I have, so. Uh, but that's just, like, so on character for them. Yeah. Well, and that's why the director had him do it, because he said, like, you know these characters better than I do, that's... so I need like an introduction to them that's true it's just crazy like how it worked out it just seems like they talk about how special those movies are and like how Mm. kind of once in a lifetime that experience was and it's it's so true it just seems like everything that was supposed to happen like it just came together yeah for those movies and it's like Mm -hmm. really quite something Mm mm-hmm so, I feel like I've talked about the first and second one a bit. So, we can mm-hmm. probably move on to the third or fourth if we wanted to. Yeah, well, they were they were kind of the same section, though, in the, like, in the documentary. I thought they kind of split it up like that. What's it was it? like, it was like one and two and then three and four and then the rest of them because it was all, <laughs> all the together. one director. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like... They recognized that huge tone shift from the mm-hmm. second one to the third one. I think they called it, like, growing up or something. Mm-hmm. The series was starting to grow up. Yeah. That's very true. It's, yeah. it's tough to just go from, like, if you were to watch the second one and the third one back to back, it's like, this doesn't even feel like the same mm-hmm. franchise. Of course, my other complaint about the third movie is that they change the setting the castle looks a little bit different. Hagrid's, mm. um, like the castle grounds are different. Hagrid's hut Hagrid's is in a different hut, place. Like, yeah, down a hill where before it was kind of just like across a side. field. Yeah, yeah, like a flat field. It's just very weird. I'm like, why don't change it? And they're all in like muggle clothes. Whatever. I know. I was kind of wondering if they were going to address that at all to be like, you know, we decided to take them more out of their robes because now they're, you know, moving from child to teenager and that's when you start to express yourself more. And uh-huh. so we thought it'd be fun to do that through their clothes or, or something like that, but they didn't say anything about it. So I was like, no. Mm-mm. Okay. Nothing at all. But they didn't interview any costume designers, which is kind of uh-uh. a shame because those costumes were a huge part of that production. Yeah. I they- mean, they didn't really interview any crew except for the director and producer all right so and i i understand the director but they kept going back to that producer guy and i was like oh my god he's just the guy with the money (laughs) get him out of here nobody cares i would honestly though like be much more interested in talking to the costume designer Mm -hmm. or the props person or the special effects people yeah so let's see yeah so they they covered the third one yeah basically Oh, the third one, though, is where they brought in Gary Oldman. Yeah. Which I feel like was really good. 
Mm-hmm. Seeing him talk to Daniel Radcliffe was, like, really special. Yeah. And you could tell there was, like, this whole camaraderie between mm-hmm. them. Oh, and when they talked about Alan Rickman, like, knowing. Oh, yeah. Knowing. That was he so He had talked funny. to J.K. Rowling. And yeah. He was the only one out of the, like, cast who knew how the story ended. Yeah. Because I guess Sirius wanted to know. Mm-hmm. And J.K. said no. And then Daniel was like, but did you know that Alan knew? And, and he was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> that rat bastard. Right. But as you said, it makes sense. Like, I feel like out of any character, Snape should know how his story ends. Yeah. And, and I I don't know if that, if he absolutely had to know how, like, the details of how it ended. But yeah. he needed to know who he was right and like what he that he was a devil agent you know and what he was going to do what he and Dumbledore have been talking about for years right that kind of thing like he had to know so just the last thing before we move on to the fourth movie there is a conversation that Daniel and Gary had about um Richard Harris Mm -hmm. in the Phoenix (gasps) (laughs) shit I forgot about that I'm so glad you remembered I was dying Fox is like an animatronic yeah Right, not real. And so Richard Harris walks in, I guess, when Fox is completed, like sitting in, I uh-huh, guess, on set. Like on his perch. And he's like, wow, this bird is just so well trained. <laughs> and he had and no a- idea. According to them, it's not like they said cut, and then they were like, by the way, right. not a real bird. They just straight up never told they that They never man. told him. So he died thinking. Thinking that was a real bird. That was a real bird. Or he's the <sighs> ultimate jokester. I'm dying. And he knew it wasn't and made that joke and made everyone think that he thought <laughs> it was real. Either I love way. it either way. Yep. Truly. I'm also very impressed at that animatronic bird. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like I thought it was a real bird. Right. But I, I guess I always assumed it was done with special effects. And yet somebody built that Anima- an- animatronic? I, I had a hard time Ooh. with it, too, right? Anyway, someone actually built that bird. It was a real mm-hmm. physical thing, and I was kind of shocked to learn. And it's just been a long time since I've seen that movie, but I was thinking back, and I was like, it's another thing I feel like I need to pay attention to right. when I watch again. So, I think I always thought it was like a puppet. Yeah, which I guess it is in a way. Sort of, yeah. I, know. I didn't think it was... Like CGI. Uh huh. But I didn't think it was mechanical. Right. Right, exactly. Okay, so then we're on to. Fourth movie? Goblet Goblet of Fire. Fire. (laughs) The movie of the long hair. The movie of the long hair. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) And apparently teenage hormones. Oh, yeah. That's what everyone was saying. They were like, that year was just, like, the worst year. Well, mm-hmm. not the worst, but it was, like, the worst in terms of hormones because everyone was, like, experiencing it. And then on screen, you're, like, acting like awkward teenagers. And Daniel even said, I didn't really have to try that hard. Uh, no. Because that's just wow, I was at that time. Oh, God, and they showed this scene where he's asking Cho Chang to the... <laughs> to the ball and then she can't hear him and it was just like oh i am cringing you know <laughs> yeah mm. it was good it was um he brought up it was in his one-on-one interview he brought up the fact that like already everyone is like going through this change you know yeah and then they bring in all these other kids from the other schools who are like purposefully hired hot. because they're hot <laughs> so worried so right all the mm-hmm. Durmstrung guys were like big Ripped. strapping yeah in. and then the how do you say it the girls school bobaton bobaton okay. i think okay anyway they're or all Bo- real pretty i don't know well don't yeah know. they are yeah they but they were all, all these really pretty. pretty like french girls mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean it was like whoa mm-hmm. to me they all looked way older oh yeah they don't look the like high school kids, students though. yeah no not yeah not they definitely didn't look like the age of the main characters we're following so it was like oh but they weren't. <laughs> what are these adults doing in the school that's the thing they weren't though because you I know you know. had to <clears throat> excuse me you had to be 17 yeah and you're like your last year we're in the fourth year so they're 
See, they were 11 when they started. I don't know why that math is so hard for me. 15, right? 11. 12, 13, 14. 14. Okay. 14. 14. 14. Oh, but 15 in real life, remember? Right. Daniel Radcliffe. That's probably why it's so hard. Well, no, that was the year before. He was 14 when he met Gary. And he was supposed to be 13 in the movie? Okay, okay. I mean, eventually they obviously weren't the age they were supposed to be because it it was yeah. seven literally years. could not make it like year by year, right? That's and not it took possible. seven years of school took ten years of filming, right? So. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, it makes sense that they were older, but still, yeah. Victor Crumb did not look like he was seventeen or eighteen, uh, however old he was supposed to be. For Hermione, right. for sure, did not. Nope. Yeah. Very strange whatever so okay so they talk about they talk through that film which was directed by um he only directed that one yeah film. i don't know i don't remember what his name was but they said he was like a big kid uh-huh so he was a lot of fun and i did enjoy hearing him talk about the movie because it seems like he tried to bring that into it to where it was like because it's it's such a strange movie in within mm-hmm. the series you know, mm-hmm. um, and a strange book, to be honest. And it's the biggest. Oh yeah, is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, it's longer than Order of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. How shit? I can see him right here. <laughs> yeah, I think he said it was like nine hundred around nine hundred uh, pages. That's very long. But yeah, he um, when he was talking about the scene with Cedric dying, uh huh, he was like, "That's." When the series like grows up, yeah, completely changes everything. Because mm-hmm. it is the first child death we see. Yeah, and that Harry really sees. Yeah, firsthand. And I mean, him and Cedric obviously weren't like friends, but they were acquaintances, and they had formed kind of a relationship, being in yeah. the um, competition together and everything, and. He had met him even before the school year started when they went to the um, Quidditch. Oh. Mm-hmm. World Cup. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was like, the Quidditch yeah. championship game. It's a very <laughs> unexpected death. And, and uh, like, unremarkable death. Yeah. It just happened so fast. You're like, oh, what? what oh, oh, shit. Yeah. And he's just gone. And that's like all there, all there was to it. Yep. So yeah, it just becomes very somber, very fast, mm-hmm. and it's just such it's that like cry that his dad makes is just so painful. And I know, like you can tell, the director knew that. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. When he was making the film. Mm-hmm. That's the whole change, right yep. there. But on a lighter note for that movie, they uh-huh. did tell this funny little story about the scene where Fred and George are fighting when they turn into <laughs> old men from being, you know, kicked out of the age line that Dumbledore yes. puts around the cup. Yeah. Um, and I guess they weren't really, like, getting into it as much as the director wanted them to. And so he comes <laughs> out and he's like, all right, which one of you wants to fight? And one of them raises his hand. And so <laughs> the director just, like dies on top of him and they're like rolling around on the floor and i guess somehow the guy playing fred or george i don't know which Uh one uh like cracked the director's ribs the director like rolled him over yeah like and then he was like oh okay and then he rolled him over just as hard but ended up hurting him (laughs) severely yep so and his brother like in their interview Mm -hmm. in this documentary was just like it's really, you're really not supposed to <laughs> crack the ribs of your director, you know, like, just giving him such a hard time. You'll yeah. never live that down, poor guy. No. And he thought he was going to be fired. Well, yeah, who wouldn't? Well, like, I mean, Shit. this is now his fourth movie and his twin brother is in it, so. Yeah. Unless they replace both of them. But, like, how terrifying and awful. Because, of course, he didn't mean to. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else about the fourth? Goblet of Fire? Gosh, I don't think so. The the last part, though, it just like blurs together. 
Right. I am surprised they didn't mention anything about, like, well, I guess they couldn't get everybody, but, like, Mad-Eye was never... Who? Mad-Eye. <gasps> right. It's never shown Maggie or anything. Maggie Smith wasn't in it. Mm-mm. So I wonder if some people just, I mean, couldn't make it, obviously. Tonks, uh, Remus. Yeah, and um, Molly Weasley. Yep. She was not there. That was... hmm. A lot of big names, big people, I felt like were missing. Uh Uh-huh. But I suppose if they're putting something like that together, they're like, if they can coordinate... Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, and Rupert Grint's schedules. They're like, cool, we got the trifecta. We'll get right. whoever else we can and go yeah. from there. Right? Mm-hmm. That was probably their main concern. Yeah. Um, oh, one thing just before we move on to the last half mm-hmm. uh, that I just remembered was they had mentioned in when they were talking about the first and second movies that these kids had like no idea who these adults were that they were playing <gasps> off of who were like big British stars, yes. you know, at the time. And then when it came to the third movie and Gary Oldman was going to be serious, <laughs> Daddy was talking to Emma and he was like, all right, Emma, you have to be really cool because Gary Oldman's going to be on here and just yeah, all this stuff. And it was like, okay, all right. And here, Daniel was right. like, and that was just like a projection of how I was actually feeling because right. he was like super Terrible, excited right? to be able to work with this Ledger. Yeah. Right. So it's right. just funny how as they grew up, they like, you know probably realized who they were working with and dame maggie smith <laughs> was their teacher yeah and then you had alan rickman yep like crazy all right so five through seven part two. Oh god here we go i'm overwhelmed you know who we didn't talk about for four it becomes a bigger way bigger part anyway in five is, is ralph fine fines I don't remember how you say his name. Voldemort. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that's when he enters the Boldy. movies. Boldy. <laughs> yeah. It would be funny because the guy who plays Lucius mm. said that, you know, he's like, he does have a nose. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but he had to have these, like, stickers on his face. Yeah. I couldn't imagine trying to, like, work off of that. Like, it'd be... Taken seriously? Yeah. yeah. But the, Lucius did say that... You know, as soon as they called action, he, like... Transformed. Transformed. And he was like, yeah. And then I was, like, scared. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> so, well, that's impressive if you can scare people and have all these green stickers all over your face. Yeah. Weirdly, I thought his nose was, like... I thought that they had kind of done a prosthetic thing where they had flattened it as much as they could and, like, painted the slits on. Um, And then, of course, in post, flattened it more. You know, because there was no way they were going to get it that flat. But I, they didn't at all. I -mm. didn't realize that that was literally all CGI. I think it looks really good. Yeah. I would have never thought. I thought there was some sort of practical effect. Yeah. So that kind of blew my mind. Uh, I love, though, that, um whatever the actor's name is ralph when he was talking he was like it took a friend of his or maybe his sister or something who's has young children yeah to be like oh my god you're up for voldemort yeah you it was like his because he didn't know yeah it was like his nieces and nephews or yeah. something he didn't even know what it was he's like i don't know i got this um job mm. harry potter and voldemort like, <laughs> yeah i'm sorry yeah you have to you do have that. to do it oh my so, so funny it is we. I mean, obviously, obviously they're actors. It's their job, and so they're not who they're portraying. But it is weird when you like grow up seeing them. And for some of these people, I've only seen them in Harry Potter, so like that is who they are to me. And then for them to be like, yeah, I had no idea who this person was that I was supposed to be playing, and they're like, <laughs> you know, normal because they're actually people and not a dark wizard with no nose. <laughs> it's just weird. You're like, it's weird to think of oh, them yeah. outside of that world. It's like when you see your teachers at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, right. right. You are just a person. You don't live at school. That's right. Yep. Um, I loved when uh, Ralph was talking about playing the character and how 
he played it to where Voldemort wasn't this, like, menacing, like, overwhelming, like, big villain. Mm-hmm. He was, there was more like this, like, soft, like, mm-hmm. sinisterness to him. Like a snake, like. Yeah. That's what he said, the way he, like, would whisper. It's Harry Potter. Yeah. And then he actually <laughs> did that during yeah. his interview, and I was like, oh, no. I'm uncomfortable. I'm I'm immediately getting like defensive. Voldemort. Oh god. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did a great job though. Mm-hmm. Okay, so David Yates, I believe, was yeah. the guy who directed five, six, seven, and eight. So he just yeah. really committed. <laughs> wow. Big time. Mm-hmm. Gosh, and they all really, they really blur together. You know, well, they else? didn't really talk about them separate that they much. Didn't. They talked about them all as one. They did for the most part. Um, another actress that wasn't present was Dolores Umbridge. Oh yeah, whoever, whatever her name is, and she's fantastic. I loved her. Cause you hated her. Yeah, you loved to hate her. I would have liked to have seen her though, like just her talking about her character. Mm. You know, and talking about why she made some of the choices, like acting choices and character choices that she did. It would have been nice to see. I'm sure yeah. that's out there somewhere on the internet. You oh, know? probably. But, like, it was just would have been a cool addition to this. So, yeah. that was kind of a bummer. She was great. I thought it was funny when Helena was talking with Daniel. Mm-hmm. And she had her fake teeth from oh my God. the movies. In a baggie. In a baggie that hadn't been like cleaned or anything she was like this is a real like relic or something and she said smells like it's 10 years old or something she just stuck him in her mouth (laughs) we use her own old spit so yeah still that was great Uh oh my gosh she seems like a character yes she does she that was fun when she was talking about her role yeah she was kind of like she really had to think about why this character was so mean and terrible and she's like you know she gets enjoyment out of it makes her feel powerful mm-hmm. and like knowing that's how she approached those scenes mm-hmm. it's like oh okay and you watch yeah. her do what she did and it's like it totally makes sense so right she loves it she like gets off on it you know yeah Ugh. just like when she's ta- so obviously whenever you know when she's talking to tom felton and they were talking about if he'd like taken anything after they were done and she was like because i stole loads of stuff off the set or whatever and he was talking about how he wanted to take his wand but he's glad he didn't she was like you know they don't actually work um (laughs) and so they talked about how they do all those like crazy moves and spells and stuff and obviously nothing nothing happens happens. in real life right and she was like but one time it did for me because she had when they blow up hagrid's hut Mm -hmm. they actually like she does her spell and blow they blow it up so it's she was like it felt like i did that and i think what you see in the movie is like her genuine reaction to, to like feeling like she did that yeah. yes i think so too it's kind of fun and, and a little alarming which mm-hmm. i think she said as well yeah she was like ooh, ugh. i don't know if i like the way that felt <laughs> yeah. so oh my gosh what else with the last movies uh, Ron and Hermione's kiss. <gasps> oh, <laughs> they also shit. didn't address the weird uh, Harry Hermione and the Horcrux thing that Ron sees of them like oh. making out. They never <gasps> talked about them having to film that because I feel like that would have been awkward. God, no kidding. Because weren't they? Wasn't he like shirtless? Yeah, and I think she. I don't remember. She wasn't. She wasn't shirtless. But I think maybe she just had a bra on or something. Do you think they did some sort of you think they didn't like use CGI? For maybe that, you know, because at that point they probably had the technology, and it it was supposed to look kind of dreamy anyway. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know because they didn't is, talk about it. That is interesting. They did not address that, but they talk about the like dance scene, which isn't romantic, but like when they dance together in the tent after Ron has left. I liked hearing their description of that scene because I feel like now when I watch it, I'm going to watch it differently differently. Mm -hmm. because every time before I'm like, this is so weird. Like they're not, this doesn't, I don't know. This seems weird. Yeah. It's weird for me too. But now I I don't know if it will feel as weird to me because of how they described it of like, 
it obviously was not romantic in any way. They're like just best friends. And Emma even said it was like a chance for her and Daniel while on set to like have a fun moment Mm -hmm. together, Mm -hmm. like while they were still working, which is also what Harry and Hermione are trying to do. Right. In like their journey. So we'll have to see if I like do view it differently or not, but it is a little weird. I mean, they thought it was weird, too, when they were told what was going to be happening mm-hmm. before they did it. But, but yeah, Ron and Hermione's kiss. Oh, my gosh. That was so funny. Was I didn't so realize funny. it was so hard for them to film. I had never seen any of that footage uh-uh. behind the scenes of how many takes it right. took. And just having, like, listening to them talk about mm-hmm. how difficult it was and, like, Emma Watson was just like, I knew I was going to have to be the one to, like, make that first move into him or yeah. the kiss would never happen because he wasn't going to do it. And they were just like, it just felt so wrong. They said it was, like, to kiss each other. the most, like, horrific thing either of them have ever had to do. Yeah. And those were, like, that was, like, the exact adjective. Horrific. Yeah. They used. Like, it was, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the worst thing they've ever had to do in their lives. I was like, wow, dramatic. <laughs> yeah. But I get it. I mean, none of the three characters, like the actors, ever had any sort of romantic relationship mm-hmm. during their time together because they were they, like siblings. Right. They'd grown up together. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then to have to kiss someone that you view as your brother, I can see why you'd be like, I don't want to Ew. do this. <laughs> Ew, gross. So. Ew, no, thank you. Yeah, they showed a scene. Um, they were in the forest, like filming one of those parts and the director was talking to them. And he was like, so we're going to be doing the Ron Hermione <laughs> kiss this week. And you can hear Emma going, what? Uh, yeah. This week? <laughs> Freaking out. <laughs> and it's just so funny, like, after everything they'd done, that, like, that would be like, one of the hardest things for them. Mm-hmm. I know. But then in their their interview with each other, mm-hmm. you know, just the two of them, it was really sweet. They were just, you know, he was like... They were talking about how close they feel, you know, and he, like, told, Rupert told Emma that he loved her, Mm -hmm. and, like, as a friend. Yeah. He had to, like, add that in there, (laughs) you know, but, like, it was just really, it was very wholesome. Yeah. It was, like, you can tell there's a lot of mutual respect and admiration Mm -hmm. among that group. And, you know, who I really feel, like, just stood out and, like, shown in this was, I guess, not shockingly, Daniel Radcliffe. Right. But, I mean, even though he was, like, the lead, he's literally Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like he seems like such a nice person. Mm-hmm. Like, very genuine, very humble. Yeah. Just a down-to-earth kind of guy, even though he's fucking Harry Potter. Right. And I felt like in every interview he did, it was just the same energy, you know? Yeah. It's like, he could just, he could be... He just was talking to everyone with the same, like, level of comfort, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. I was like, what a, what a nice guy. What a cool guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found it interesting, because I didn't know this until I watched this, that Emma Watson had thought about not coming back after the fourth movie. Me neither. I was like, what were they going to do? Stop making them. Right, because I don't no... feel like anyone would accept a new Hermione. Can you imagine? No. It'd be so weird. Yeah. It would have never worked. Right. No. I mean, they already replaced one character, which uh, they didn't address that in this. They weren't going to. Mm-hmm. Lavender Brown. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't realize they replaced her. Uh-huh. Yeah, she was originally played by a different actress who was black. Oh. And then they replaced her with lavender, the Lavender Brown you know. Yeah. Oh. When is she in the movies before? Like as a background character. Yeah. But like, how do you know it's Lavender Brown? She's like credited as Lavender Brown. Oh. If she's not, we better cut this out. <laughs> we'll look it up. <laughs> we'll look it up. Please. Um, I was thinking you were going to say Dumbledore. Oh, well, he died. Well, I know. <laughs> anyway which speaking of that there's another person we didn't see we didn't see any of dumbledore Mm -mm. like obviously the actor is still right whatever his name is we didn't he he was not a part of the interview process so that was kind of interesting too 
a lot of big people missing. Yeah, well, I'm sure it is like you said. Schedules. They could get the three, and they were like, anyone else who can come, come, but we're not going to, like, worry about working around your schedules, so. Y'all aren't that important to this. <laughs> we got our main three people. Um, I found the relationship between Tom Felton and Emma Watson very interesting. Uh-huh. I was too. like, should they just date? Should they just do that? Because it... Do we ship them in real life? A lot of people ship Hermione and Draco. Yeah. So... I don't know. It just felt like when they were talking, there was like, to me, it felt like there was something unspoken. Of course, Tom Felton, though, was like, older, you know, I'm like older brother. I'm very protective of her. Right. I was like, "Mm, okay. Well, I felt like when he said that he was describing like when they were on set, that's how he felt towards her, like Mm -hmm. older brother. Yeah. That doesn't mean that's how he feels about her now. That's true. I don't know what what's going on with them in their personal worlds so no i don't either and i don't need to because it's not really any of my business but i just thought that was interesting that so many people ship draco and hermione and then but then in real life Emma actually slums on there <laughs> yeah and also at least the way they edited it tom was the first person emma found and hugged when she got there oh yeah so... when she got to the reunion oh yeah. funny <laughs> Just saying. Mm-hmm. No. Um, overall, one of the things I just had this general feeling when we were watching it that they did a really good job, even though this was a documentary. Mm-hmm. They filmed it, you know, on the old sets and everything, and they it had this like feel and atmosphere to it, and I felt like I was watching one of the movies. Kind of. Yeah. It, like, really took me back into that. It almost felt like I was watching a high school reunion. Oh. But maybe that's because I just recently had one, and so I've seen how people (laughs) act at high school reunions, but... Maybe. Like, when Tom came in to where um, Dean Thomas and Neville Longbottom were when they Mm -hmm. were in Gringotts, and he was like, fellas, fancy meeting you here or something. (laughs) It's like, kind of feels like people who haven't seen each other for a long time. Because the last time they saw each other was when they were at school, you know? Yeah. Which, kind of true. All those yeah. kids were tutored together, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That's just why, I mean, it makes sense why they called it. I mean, it literally, it, it was a reunion. So that makes sense that it was called the 20th reunion. But Honey. Yeah. Huh. Yep. I felt, yeah, kind of transported in a cool way when I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um... I started getting emotional. There are a couple places, but one of the places was when they were showing the footage of the last day of filming. Yeah. And you just saw the three main characters, like uh-huh. and Daniel Radcliffe's like lost his mind. Like he's just yeah. bawling. And then they all like have this like group hug and mm-hmm. it's just the three of them. And it's just like, oh God, you know, it's mm-hmm. really tough to watch, you know. And then they showed whatever day it was, you know, Hagrid's last day on set. Yeah. And everybody clapped for him. Mm-hmm. Yep. So emotional. It is. It'll be... It's interesting. I mean, it doesn't change anything, obviously, when I view it. I'm not going to be like, and that was the last scene they filmed. But it is fun to think about, like, obviously, they don't film the scenes in order. Right. But to think that the last scene they film is so early on. In the movie, I guess. Yeah. It's when they're, like, jumping into the chimney. Are they at the chamber? From the Ministry of Magic. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I almost said the Chamber. The Chamber. <laughs> no. But the Ministry. They're all dressed mm-hmm. up in, like, clothes. They'd just done polyjuice potions. Right. And were like other people. Yeah. And right. then worn off. And so they are themselves. And they're jumping to get away. And it's like, that is, like, so early on in the movie. In I the know. first part it's in part one yeah oh that's right wow did they film those i think they filmed them at the same same... time they must have i guess and it was just so long that they were like this is gonna have to be two (laughs) i never thought about that Mm Hmm. okay because yeah that's the last scene they filmed right so it must have they must have just filmed seven and eight at one time Mm -hmm. interesting well i mean they're both seven technically Mm Hmm. yeah right 
So I still think it should have been number five as two movies. <laughs> it's fine. It's whatever. All right. Any anything else? Probably. I'm sure I'll think of something. <laughs> okay. But nothing that's coming to my mind right now. I don't know. I mean, overall, overall, really enjoyable watch. Yes. Very glad they did it. Yeah. And I thought it was a really well done, well edited documentary. Yeah. And they, you know, like the titles were so pretty. I don't mm-hmm. know who did the titles, but those were really nice. Mm-hmm. It was so far from what I expected to watch. It was just, it was almost like a, a making of documentary, but then like looking back mm-hmm. at the making of like a classic, like that kind of thing. Yeah. I just, I did not expect that at all going into it. So it was a nice surprise. Yep. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. And of course, the last scene is with Snape and Dumbledore, and he does his Patronus. Dumbledore's like, after all this time? I... And Snape says... Always. Always. He doesn't Uh, say it like that. No, he doesn't. He's much stronger. But that was just mean. That was a low blow. I mean, it, ending it, it on that scene. It fits in though. They're saying Harry Potter will always, always. be. I know a thing, you know. Oh, so it's it just, was good. It just really got me. I was like, that's just mean. I recommend it <laughs> if you enjoy the movies. Oh yeah, and you have a way to watch it. I would recommend it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. I thought it was a really fun watch it got me all nostalgic and now i'm ready to start watching the movies again i know i really want to watch them now too that or i watch the books well, i don't know either <laughs> way the above i just need some more harry potter apparently <laughs> we only have until april for the next fantastic beast so that'll be exciting that will be there'll definitely be an episode for that so yes excited. there will Woo-hoo. okay well you want to talk about tea yeah you want to go first since you introduced your tea first? Sure. Sure. I'm about halfway through it. Haven't made much progress, but I do like it. I think it's yummy. Yeah. It's very much like a chocolate orange, um, but like, you know, a toned down tea version of a chocolate orange like right. teas usually are. Yeah. So I like it a lot. Good. I would give it... Hold on. One more sip. Mm. <laughs> I'll say 7 out of 10. My mom. Look at me making decisions. Look at you making decisions. New year, new Tressa. <laughs> hey. All right. So how was your I had chocolate tea? chocolate tea. And I did almost finish it. Whoa. Okay. But then it got cold. So it must New be- year, same Taylor. <laughs> 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 well, see, so you must have liked it. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. That's great. Yeah. Was it, it was just chocolate, right? There was mm-hmm. another flavor. Okay. Yep. Just chocolate. Okay. So, hmm. I think I'll give it like a seven and a half cool. out of ten. All right. That's a pretty good endorsement for chocolate tea for you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to try so, it. So, good job, stepmom. <laughs> what was the brand again? Um, it was... Harney and Sons. Harney and Sons. So. Cool. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very nice. Let's see how we nailed this outro. <sighs> Didn't we say? Yeah, we did. <laughs> we were going to start recording these. We see. did. But don't you think it's going to sound weird to have a pre-recorded outro? I think what we need is a script. Like our intro. We'll get to, we'll get to work on that, everybody. Don't worry. Alrighty. Well. This has been We Are Not Amused. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have an email. If you want to email us any suggestions or comments or concerns or questions, whatever. It is notamusedpodcast at gmail.com. And we also have an Instagram, notamusedpodcast, mm-hmm. on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> It's easy to find if you just go to Instagram <laughs> and type in Not Amused Podcast. Yep. And we post every Sunday when episodes come out. 
and every Wednesday before an episode with a little teaser. Yes. And we occasionally do a Throwback Thursdays. Cool. Rate, review, and subscribe. Did you know you can actually now rate podcasts on Spotify? Ooh, I didn't know that. It's a new feature. Exciting. So help us out, please, and give us a nice rating on Spotify. Yeah. Cool. If that's where you listen. <laughs> if that's where you listen. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in two weeks. Yep. Bye. Bye.